Family Investment Podcast. We're talking to the Green Queen today, uh, and that's my friend Silva, who uh, co-edits uh, a service called New Energy Investor for Fattail Investment Research, and they're following the transition, decarbonisation, oh, sorry, the renewable transition, uh, decarbonisation, and all the investment opportunities that spring from that. Here in Australia, the biggest one for the last two years across the entire market has been lithium stocks. They have gone absolutely bananas in the last two years. And rightly so, the lithium price has gone uh, crazy high from where it was uh, in 2020, and the stocks have, have run up. So Selva's going to come on and tell us a little bit about what's been going on there. But there's two other uh, important things that she uh, touches on, and that's the other metals that are all part of that um, boom in batteries and, and electric vehicles. And of course, a little trend or a little trend, a big trend that I've started to follow, which is the rise of carbon credits and their impacts on um, not only economies, but stock valuations, because companies that can sell those are going to have a, a different source of revenue that they haven't had before. And obviously other companies are going to have to pay for them uh, to cover their emissions. So really interesting um, episode and a very interesting person. Uh, I know Selva quite well. Uh, and she is always reading about energy and the and the shift and all that type of thing. Very diligent. So uh, here here's Selva, the Green Queen, uh, talking lithium and renewable energy. Well, I alluded to it earlier. I've got my friend Selva, the Green Queen, on. She's the uh, editor of New Energy Investor, and we're going to be talking lithium. Um, now, if you follow the markets here in Australia, you know lithium stocks have gone absolutely bananas in the last two years. It's been the absolutely by far the best sector to be in. And Self has been writing about the, the trend of batteries and renewable energy uh, for ages now. But however, on to the left of the lithium boom, we also have coal, oil and gas going bananas, especially with the situation in the Ukraine. So Selva, welcome to the show. And let's begin to, or to begin are we still right to think that renewables and lithium are the future of the energy market with what everything that's happening in the world today? Certainly. <laughs> I think now even more than ever, I think that's the case uh, because you saw, I mean, just even before the, or just with the pandemic, you saw a bit of an acceleration. I mean, uh, clean energy stocks just went crazy uh, during the pandemic, which was a bit of a surprise, I think. Um, but that was one catalyst and then this uh, conflict in Ukraine has actually even uh, made people realize even more the need for renewable energy not only I mean not only because of climate but also because um, it gives you some sort of energy independence so renewable energy is is very much um, any country basically can produce some sort of renewable energy so I think that's uh, that's that's one of the biggest they get stakeouts now from this this conflict. Yeah, I agree. Um, because I mean, as good as a high oil price is for oil producers now, it obviously hurts their the end consumer. So right. it's only natural that people will look for alternatives, and especially as you say, now with the this kind of retraction of the globalization and, and trade, um, company oh, companies countries are looking to become more self sufficient and part of that obviously energy security is a massive thing um especially for a country like china which is like hostage to the oil price because it imports so many um we know that lithium stocks have gone bananas but 
I know you just alluded to it in 2020 renewable stocks and, you know, clean energy stocks went bananas. Did they come off the boil a bit for, uh, since that sort of wild peak back then? Uh, they, they did for a bit and then they got a couple of boosts from uh, basically from the U S uh, there was a lot of um, uh, there was a Biden infrastructure um, uh, uh, bill that they passed recently. So that put some money into renewables. And also uh, in December of 2020, Trump passed a little bit out of money for renewables too. So that actually, they got a, a big boost in December, January 2000, uh, December 2020, uh, January 2021. Um, so they've, they've, they've gone up, they've come up a bit and then they're still, I mean, depends on the stock. Some of them are going uh, crazy, some have come down. Um, mostly what we're saying now is the, is the EV battery metal uh, needed for uh, the, the, the metals needed for the EV battery that are actually going crazy. And do you still think lithium is the best way to play that or is it graphite or cobalt? Or uh, or what, no, you know, I think it, a lot of them. I mean, yeah, not just lithium. I think lithium graphite, graphite I'm really bullish on mainly because um, lithium is part of the uh, cathode, which is the positive uh, side of the battery. Graphite is part of the anode, which is a negative. And you need, a, uh, that's basically like what you need for the, uh, for the anode. So the, uh, the cars need, uh, EV cars need about, I think 70 kilos of graphite. And while the lithium part of the battery is a bit, there's still a lot of chemistries in play. The, gra the graphite part is very much set on how it's gonna be, it looks like. So um, I think graphite is a great way to play it. And it's not it's not been as, as publicized, let's say, as lithium. Yeah, so talking about government support, I know Zero Resources just came out um, this week and said that they've got an agreement sort of working with the US government to get funding for the, for the, uh, the plant they're trying to build in the US. So, it's clear that the governments are going to throw lots of money um, at this sector um, probably for a long time to come. Actually, it's been a big uh, week for news because we had Tesla come out with their results and their deliveries uh, are booming and they're making money and all that. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine. I still remember in 2017, 2018, when you know all the people were saying, well, it's not all the people, the, the critics of Tesla were saying, you know, it doesn't make money. It's burning through cash. It's it's a fad. Musk is a crazy guy. And you look at the chart of what Tesla has done since. It's just gone absolutely bananas. So there's there's massive opportunity here. I think, too, here in Australia, we're actually ahead of, I mean, I'm getting these notes from the US guys talking about the the battery boom. and um, But the, you know, the Aussie listed lithium stocks have, have already run so high the big question is or we had the initial lithium boom from like 2015 across to 2017 then the price crashed do you think it's feasible that that scenario could happen again or that the lithium price will will be at this sustained high price for a, a longer time i think at least for this year i think we're gonna see um lithium, high lithium prices um, I was actually looking at some of the production numbers and this year we produced more lithium than in 2018 when the prices crashed. So, and demand, I mean, next year you have all the, what's different is, well, basically you have the governments that are making all these commitments to um, get electric vehicles um, on the road. And then you have all the um, 
car makers also getting uh, making making EVs uh, more EVs than ever before, really. Um, so I think that you're not gonna like you're gonna see sustained high prices for a little while. I think at least at the, till the end of the year. I mean, you have to be careful what you look at in stocks, just because there's different things that you should be looking at, like in different stocks. Um, so a stock picking, I think, is like really crucial. I don't I don't think every lithium stock is gonna be a winner. I think you really have to choose what stock you look at. And I mean, right now, like everything with kind of the name of lithium is kind of going crazy. So you have to be really careful with what you what you pick, no? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just thinking of something and it's just dropped out of my head. So we're talking, okay, so we've got the lithium boom. Ah, yeah, I know what I was thinking of. I guess a question overhanging the entire thing is that, is it possible for the lithium battery to be disrupted? I was just reading yesterday, Again, again, this has been around for a while. The idea of solid state batteries or alternative um, tech. Do you have an opinion uh, on that? Do you think that as of now, the lithium ion battery is the leader and cannot be displaced for a while yet? No, I think it definitely can be disrupted. I mean, you have a lot of companies um, just trying to do just that. Like there's a lot of different chemistries uh, on play. There's a lot of different types of things. So it's, I mean, the, it's definitely not set in stone. I mean, you could you could definitely find a, uh, a different type of battery that works that maybe doesn't have lithium or that, um, you know, just that is completely different uh, chemistry. So I think it's definitely up for, for disruption. But you think that's possibly a couple of years away or it's like literally a threat that you have to be conscious of right now? Um. I mean, there's a lot of different companies doing different things. Um, so you just you just have to be, I mean, just for now, I think it's probably, lithium is probably the leader, but um, there's definitely a threat that, yeah, that's not definitely set in stone. Just to broaden out a little bit, obviously the conversation is dominated by electric cars, uh, lithium stocks, lithium batteries. What about, I mean, your services new energy invested there's more to life than that there's like wind power there's solar power do you is there exciting things happening there that people are less conscious of sure actually wind has been going crazy since also since uh and it hasn't been spoken as much uh uh wind wind stocks have been going really well actually since the ukraine conflict um just because it's one of the ways to um, create energy, you know, um, without uh, or getting uh, closer to energy independence. So um, wind has been one of the things that we've we've seen pretty like going pretty well. Um, solar also has actually gone up um, a little bit. Some of the solar stocks, um, and then I mean, there's lots of different exciting things that we see. Like we look at clean tech. Um, we look at companies that are doing really interesting things in heating in. Um, in even data um, or even um, just companies that are looking at um, just wireless um, things, uh, just basically like um, getting off the grid, you know? So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different things. So there's plenty of different aspects on the- Well, energy. interestingly you say that, I was reading this morning that in Perth, there's a proposal for a, a new tall tower. And I think 40% of the construction is supposed to be timber. And the idea being that it's a carbon negative building mm -hmm. um, and Atlas and the, the Aussie uh, guys that are billionaires now are building one of these in Sydney. So the idea that the property market could be 
reshaped by this whole thing is pretty intriguing as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, we definitely have some things, uh, some stocks like that. Um, we our our stocks are pretty much in a wide variety of range. It's not just wind or solar or um, minerals. You know, it's just uh, it's just pretty much everything. It's um, there's like lot, lots of different aspects just happening everywhere, and it's really going to impact everything. I mean, it's really going to impact mining. Uh, it's uh, it's once once you go into getting closer to carbon neutral um you're really gonna impact everything every single business is gonna be impacted and every single business is, is gonna be uh maybe looking for services that are uh, consulting services or they like there's so many um uh like yeah angles to this yeah. kind of story and we should say that you and your product there follow not just australia but you're looking in the us in right. uk europe um so it's it's a, I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than a, a global, global opportunity than, than renewable energy. Well, I don't know. A couple of years ago, there was plenty of skepticism about renewable energy with the idea that it could never fully account for the, the energy needs because the sun doesn't always shine and the wind doesn't always blow. Is that still valid in your view or is that... Uh, a view that sprang from the the earlier industry development of renewables when they couldn't cope um, and had higher costs, etc. How how do you view the the energy mix? Are we likely to end up one hundred percent renewable? I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's very likely. Like um, you only need to look at some of the stuff that's happening in Australia. Um, like for example, last year. Um, you had a spike in prices that came from a coal mine, uh, sorry, a coal, um, a coal um, plant. Power station? Uh, yes, the Queensland station that uh, caught fire. And it was the renewables that actually came online and actually uh, got like kind of picked up the pieces. And uh, you had in, in this case, it was hydro is pretty, was pretty important in, in just keeping things going as a battery and, and just guarding the, the, the electricity. I think you, like what we need to really work out is the batteries. I think that's the missing piece, uh, which we already are looking at things. But um, I think it's definitely. I mean, you you can you can look at South South Australia beating records in electricity mix. I mean, uh, last year you had like um, I think it was there was uh, we wrote an article on this actually recently. Like um, we uh, the electricity mix in the in 2021 for renewables grew so. And you have a few countries that were passing, um, I think it was 30% of, I'll have to look at the number, but I think it was 30% of renewables in, um, in the mix. So you're, you're seeing a lot of the, the renewables uh, energy in the mix growing. Well, it's, it's really interesting because you think sort of longer term and you're like, okay, if oil and gas get displaced, countries like, well, Australia would get hit too, but especially like Russia and Saudi Arabia, like their entire economy is based on these two things. If that goes away, it's like, well, what else have they got? Um, but also, too, the massive savings that would like, think of the West, like the US, how much we all pump into the fossil fuel sector just by, by our needs. Like, if those savings were realized, because correct me if I'm wrong, but renewable energy is the cheapest that you can get, right? Yes. Like the IEA actually crowned solar the cheapest energy ever in a couple of years ago, I think it was. Um, but I mean, I think Australia's 
really lucky in the sense that yeah you have cold and you have oil and that i mean that's not going away anytime soon anyway but um you also have all these critical materials uh for for the renewable energy you have copper you have uh, i mean lithium you have everything and then there's also a big opportunity in hydrogen in green hydrogen and you're seeing i mean you're seeing a lot of investment from the states on green hydro hydrogen and you're also seeing a lot of private companies investing in in green hydrogen i'm really glad you brought that up because hydrogen is not something i've read a lot about and i just discovered there's a thing called blue hydrogen and uh, i think there may be another color of hydrogen but there's lots green, of them, green yes. hydrogen <laughs> but it refers to their environmental kind of credentials right can you tell right. us what is green hydrogen so green hydrogen is basically made from renewables using electrolysis. Uh, so it's made through uh, wind or solar and basically through a process of electrolysis and it just it just makes it into green hydrogen. Um, and then you can store it as, as ammonia also um, and ship it, for example, uh, to different places. So that's that's where like the export, like I think the export market for Australia um, could be pretty big on, on that just um, you, you're already seeing Saudi Arabia also look, um, make uh, with some uh, green hydrogen projects. So you, you're seeing that they're um, they're also preparing for this. So, um, so I mean, really, again, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the thing holding back hydrogen now is the cost. Is that right? Yes. So it needs to go under two dollars um, uh, to actually be competitive. So the cost is I, I can't, I'm not sure right now the cost. I think it was five or six. Um, but that's the, the the biggest thing, the cost. But that I think with um, with more projects and more things, you could you could bring the cost down. And hydrogen would be like there's hydrogen cars, right? Like talking yes. about what could disrupt lithium. It, it, potentially, it could be hydrogen. Yeah, I mean, hydrogen is mostly used for heavy heavy industries, so it would be used for just aviation or um, trucks, things like that mostly. Like, I think that's the the, the, the biggest uses for, for hydrogen. So just like hard to decarbonize um, processes, um, like, yeah, like planes, trucks, um, trains, things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the green hydrogen market, that's also been going pretty crazy. And it's, it's, it's really interesting um, what's going do, on there. Do you think this whole thing though, Obviously, stocks are volatile. Um, do you think it's something where you kind of need to commit for a very long time? Like you, you're not trying to trade hydrogen, I mm. assume. It's like you go, okay, there's an industry developing here. I don't know how long it's going to take, you know, but if it does what oil did, for example, which was in 1910, you know, not that used, and then 50 years later, it was this most important industry in the world. Like, do you see that these investment ideas as generally things that you really do need to commit to for like five years minimum to out to 10, maybe even longer? Uh, yeah, I mean, the hydrogen industry is probably like a long-term investment just because it's, it's still developing. They're, I think they're saying around 2030 that it'll hit uh, price parity maybe earlier. But um, yeah, it's not, it's, it's something that uh, is long-term. I'm trying to think, of any well i'm just thinking of even like amazon you know the the star of today's market you know for 20 years it it was just grind well i was like grinding on but you know it, it boomed it busts then you know people said oh it doesn't make money da, 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 da. it's only really in the last five years that this it, you know it's exploded in into um everyone's consciousness and but you know it took a long time for that for jeff bezos to build it up into into what it's become and 
uh, even Tesla, again, we talked about like, it, you know, must started that a long time ago. And uh, it's only really been in the last few years that it, the stock itself has, you know, done this explosive sort of thing. But it's not something that you can predict particularly easy. That's why I say you sort of have to commit at least to, to my mind. Um, all right. So lithium, as far as you're concerned, the boom's going to keep running, but you have to be either grab a basket of the stocks like an ETF perhaps or, or individually sift through them. Um, graphite, I know you've mentioned. I'm guessing that you're, from what you've said, bullish on copper, mm -hmm. nickel. I know with the batteries, there's different formations in how they use the metals. Is that something that you've delved into? I know there's the the one that doesn't use cobalt and there's one that emphasizes mm -hmm. more nickel and then one with a dash of manganese or <laughs> I don't know all the different variations, but is that something that you've tried to make sense of? Yeah, I have. It's just, I mean, as I said, it's, it's just very hard to know exactly what the, the, the final battery will be like, I mean, there's, I, I read all the time, different, different companies trying to do different things with batteries and, uh, just trying the different mixes. I mean, most of them aren't commercial yet. Um, so th there's just a lot, actually. It's super interesting. Uh, my understanding, too, is like Tesla within its own company has different batteries and they'll go to the customer and say, look, well, this one is a bit cheaper, but you don't get the same range. Right. Because yeah. we've played with the chemistry and uh, yeah, that's correct, right? Yeah, so I mean, uh, they, I'm, I'm not sure if Tesla has different batteries, uh, but um, I know there's, I mean, there's different batteries that, that depending, just for example, with lithium hydroxide or or, uh, or carbonate, like hydroxide, lithium hydroxide will will increase the range of the battery, for example, compared to uh, lithium carbonate. So it depends. And, and yeah, there's different ranges. Everyone's kind of experimenting. So there's, there's different, um, there's different batteries, like all over, you know, so you, I mean, there's, there's a lot of tech companies just trying to do different things and trying to get um to get the the, the right battery mix let's say let's say you know yeah and we should say one thing that i don't think is always clear if you're not really in the market for these stocks the aussie miners dig up what's called the lithium spodumene right so that's like the raw material but that has to go to a, a converter which then turns it into hydroxide or carbonate which are the two things you mentioned so that all that's done in China, is that correct? So do you right. think that the, mm -hmm. the Western countries will try to pull some of that um, conversion capacity home? That's interesting. I mean, that's for me one of the most interesting parts of the of, of the of lithium is that, yeah, you I mean, uh, most of the lithium is mined, basically Australia, China, uh, Chile, Argentina. But then it actually has to be processed to be uh, for uh, battery materials. Most of the battery production happens in China, and you're already seeing the West just uh, looking for non-Chinese um, supply. So uh, you you have the US and in Europe, where the two places where car um, manufacturing is really important, um, and they're already trying to shore up supply that is non-Chinese. You had Biden invoke uh, Cold War era uh, statute. Okay. Uh, for critical minerals, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, where basically it gives the government powers to um, to ensure that there's critical materials, and they're going to pump a lot of money, I think, in, into that, into actually uh, getting mining, but not only mining, but processing and recycling. I think it's going because recycling will add a lot of the supply. It's an easier su uh, supply, so um, 
you're going to see a lot of investments, I think, in that. And even, I, yeah. I mean, even car makers are trying to to look at that um, just to getting Tesla. Tesla has been trying to get mining closer to home, getting, I mean, getting the supply chains closer to home. Well, I know uh, Musk came out recently and he's, he's sort of said, look, the price of lithium is getting so high. We might have to go mine the stuff ourselves. <laughs> right. Well, they, it's funny he said that because they, they bought um, they bought some um, uh, an area ten thousand I think acre uh, in Nevada and in two thousand twenty I think it was and they said they were going to start mining. Uh, so they've been talking about it for a long time and and they actually I think it was a couple of years ago where they they um, they made a deal with a miner and then uh, to uh, to buy them and then the, that fell through. So, I mean, I think they're, uh, they're pretty close to, to, to well, I mean, one of the interesting things I, I know I follow is that Tesla is doing deals with Aussie miners. So we've seen the nickel one with BHP. There's the graphite one with Sierra. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Chal oh, not Chal was it Chal or Liontown Resources? Sorry, the lithium mm -hmm. one, they, they've come in. So it's clear that it's, it's a concern of them to lock up supply for what they need. Um, and then, as you say, it's not like they're the only car company in the world. So it's like the Europeans, the Brits, the Chinese, uh, and the Americans are all like, well, it's a bit of a race going on here. So uh, it's going to be super interesting to see how it all, all plays out. Um, and then, of course, uh, like Rio tried to get the lithium mine going in Serbia, and they told them to rack off for the environmental reasons or whatever. Um, so it's like this... On one hand, the pushback against mining is, you know, we don't want to, you know, it's a dirty thing or, or whatever. And then you're like, well, if you want the clean energy future, you're going to have to mine the, the materials. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting dynamic to, to see. Where but goes. you're seeing miners also getting pretty concerned about, um, I went to a mining uh, conference recently and they, um, they're really concerned about, you know, sustainable mining and just uh, emissions. And I mean, you saw... Um, I think Fortescue is is getting um, electric trucks. Uh, I think it's fuel, hydrogen fuel cell trucks. Um, well, yeah, I was just going to say, Tricky Forest is like rattling the yeah. cage. To everybody going, guys, we can't keep doing this because they all, uh, you know, metaphorically drink gallons of diesel. All these mines, and um, but I noticed too when I go over some of the new projects, a lot of them are putting in renewable power sources from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it's part of their um, feasibility studies. Is how do we get power? Um, and how can we make it, uh, you know, clean uh, as much as possible? So that's yeah, good. that's that was a that was a um, the conference that I went. It was uh, electric mining basically, and and there's one electric mine in in Australia. Um, uh, but there's been a lot like the miners have been. Uh, I mean, for what I saw in that meeting, they're very concerned, and they've been doing a lot of of, of things just to because they know that's kind of the future. That's what they're gonna have to to do um because if not there'll be especially with the carbon prices and the european carbon markets like to export that they, they might get um they they might um not be as competitive as other ones if they're not doing it again you just reminded me of something we had james allen your co-editor on the service earlier he was talking about the carbon price and uh how these things are becoming sort of tradable instruments incidentally now that do you know what the the carbon price in europe is it still um, it's I about 90 something euros or whatever. And that was like an all time high. Has it stayed up there as far as you know? No, it fell. Um, it, fell? it fell, but it's, I haven't looked at it in the last uh, week or so, but um, it fell and then it, it kind of had recovered a bit. Um, so, I mean, I'm just thinking as an investor, if you're listening to this, 
the sort of rise of this carbon credit thing it has to come in at some point because you know firms like santos and woodside are going to have to you know be buying these things eventually and offset their emissions and and vice versa companies will be selling them that generate them and it's going to become part of the valuation of the stocks i think so. i think yeah i think there's going to be a, a a kind of a reprice um but i think especially for the exporters so into europe or export i think there's going to be a, a bit of uh carbon because europe is making a lot of strides on this so they're going to try to protect the industries that yeah are, we talked to james and i yeah. talked about this so europe is going to go like if you're producing dirty steel for example you're not going to be able to sell to our market cheap right. and we're going to undercut our own steel makers that are doing it the way we want it to be done Right. And it's like, well, which which country goes next? Like, is the US going to go same thing? Like China, you can't ship your, you know, whatever it is. If it's not considered clean, they'll put a tax on it. Exactly. Uh, so again, like investment, investment, investment risks and <laughs> opportunities from this. All right. So that's cool. So have you guys done your April edition yet of the service? um not you mean the monthly uh yeah do you do a monthly we don't, report don't we you? don't we don't do that no we just basically send um trades as we see them oh right so yeah it could be that one month you get three four another month not as many so yeah it depends on the um uh on the market on the market yeah sometimes one like usually one um one a month but some usually more than one all right, well, definitely we'll put a link um, below to the service uh, if anyone's interested. Uh, but so from your perspective, high oil gas is just driving this trend even harder than it was already going. Uh, definitely. I think uh, higher oil and gas prices are actually going to make people think twice about maybe getting an EV car. I mean, high lithium prices will also push uh, car prices, uh, EV car prices higher, but I think the... The higher oil, oil, oil price is going to definitely push into this um, this renewable energy, um, and especially like, like now what you're seeing with uh, Russia just you know having control of energy supplies. Just you you see that um, just giving giving the reins to someone else on your energy supply chains is is not uh, probably the best thing to do, right? So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, if you're listening to this, there you go. You've just got it straight from the Green Queen. Um, Algal Solva, who's, who's always coming, uh, covering this sector. So absolutely hydrogen, carbon credits, lithium, big important things to follow in the market. So thanks for coming on Solva. Thank and you, uh, we'll catch up with you probably in about six months and we'll see how things are going. <laughs> Perfect. We'll see you then. <laughs> Ciao.